0: And I'm and-, and I'm having
1: a hissy fit right now of laughter. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we both are. we love our jingles so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just a little uh,
1: side note on our jingle. Do you want to? Well, let me tell the quick story. This jingle is extra special because it reminds me of the never-ending story. Movie and just uh, mm-hmm. has such a like ethereal feel to it of possibility and coming out of like sadness and building up. But it's also been created by who, Ula?
0: His name is Eikatopinen, and he is a metal cellist for a Finnish metal um, band called Apocalyptica.
1: Who, by the way, you guys, I met some friends down on my road trip in Baja that knew Apocalyptica and actually had their uh, their LP album. So uh, we have Famous Persons Music to go with our Famous People podcast, okay. and today we are going to be diving into That's Not How What Ifs Work. So... You guys, think about the last what if that you said. Chances are it was something like, what if it doesn't work out? What if they reject me? What if this fails? What if I'm wrong? What if I'm fucking things up? What if I die? And today we're going to break down how all these what ifs are actually um, working backwards for you and how to fix it so that you can turn what ifs into a source of endless possibility. So Ula, you want to dive in?
0: Yes, let's dive in on those cursed what-ifs. Um, and this didn't even occur to me earlier because on, I think on, at least on the last two episodes that we've done, I have mentioned the what-ifs and how mm. I feel like they are full of possibilities and they are so wonderful. And then I realized, oh, no, that's not how majority of people see what-ifs. For majority of the people, the what-ifs are, <gasps> oh, my gosh, I have to hold on to this, this horrible thing, because what if, um, what if I fall and, and I scrape my knee and, and then the sky falls and bears eat me and I die, homeless mm-hmm. rabbit hole of terrible what ifs. And that's not how what ifs work. So tell me
1: how what ifs work, honey.
0: Life is a possibility. Life is full of possibilities and you were born with possibilities. You were born to be here as a creator to think about the what ifs that what if I can have that and what if things work out for, for me and what if everything is always working out for me and what if I do get that job and what if they offer me more money than I asked for and what if I find the perfect partner and we live happily ever after and that's how what-ifs work.
1: <laughs> okay. So somebody gave us the wrong lesson in school because that was not the what-ifs that I grew up with. And <laughs> and most of us haven't because it relates back to some of what the themes that we've been talking about in our past episodes. We have been fed so many bullshit stories that keep us in a constant state of fear. Now, we're not going to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole. You can just look at your own history. And identify two to three big influential people in your life and how did they approach the world? You know, chances are your parents had a little bit of caution when they were raising you. Maybe not. Some of us didn't. But then there's always this cautionary state that we find, whether it's in media or society or organizations that we work at or religion, always telling us to put the brakes on in life. And what ifs then become a way for our brain to – Censor out any potential danger. That's what, that's what, how we've used what ifs, right? And that keeps us in that constant state of fear. So today, let's break down how you can actually start to take steps to that other end. And you guys heard me talk about this last time the emotional spectrum, right? There's two ends of the emotional spectrum there's grief and loss and sadness and sorrow and fear and all of that. There's also celebration, joy, possibility, expansion, happiness, ease, fun. So, we are terrible as humans on getting on the good stuff. And this is what we're going to break down today. So, well, I, I want to, I feel like yesterday I told you there was an example that we could talk about. I, I'm totally forgetting. If you remember, let me know. But let's take some examples of, of real life situations where the what if is so ingrained in somebody to be negative. Right. And how we actually take some easy steps to shift that into the what ifs that actually we are meant to be calling more of to bring in more of those possibilities.
0: Yeah. And the example um that we talked about yesterday was when you were in Malibu. I don't actually remember this whole story because to me but you felt like you didn't you weren't heard by me.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay.
0: Okay. So you remember this better than I do because I, yeah. Because
1: I, you weren't listening.
0: couldn't <laughs> <laughs> build <I'm> it. <laughs>
1: Okay. So uh, backtrack. I was living in Malibu for a number of months and some situation had happened that was pretty upsetting to me. And my default way of coping was shit, right? If stuff happens Mm -hmm. that I'm not expecting, it doesn't work out the way I wanted, or I'm stressed out about a possibility because of all the what ifs that could happen – my tendency was to ruminate on that. And you guys, I'm also a psychologist, right, by training. So it's super ingrained in me to analyze everything and break everything down, look at things from a million different angles. My dad told me I would have been a a wonderful lawyer because I could always argue every single angle to a situation. Well, I was caught up in one of those... um, nonstop loops of just perseverating on something over and over again. Now, in these moments, I've learned one thing which has been amazing and has been a big shift for me, which is to actually reach out and ask for help. Um, Back in my 20s, I never did that. I did all this ruminating by myself. It was lonely. It was terrible. And it would lead me down a slippery slope of depression. So I learned how to reach out for help, have a friend, a trusted source or therapist counselor that I could talk to. Well, Ula was my chosen person that day. But Ula, is a special unicorn who does things differently in life. And so she's just like, well, think about something better to feel good about. And I'm like, no, but I want to talk about this situation. And, And you kept saying, well, just, I don't know what to say. Like, just think about something that makes you feel better. And in that moment, I didn't feel listen to because I was needing somebody to join me in the collusion of analyzing and rehashing and breaking it all down. And Ula, what was going on for you? Like when you heard me lamenting about my stuff, what, what was your response all
0: about? Well, you, we know what the problem is. We want to be in the solution and the problem and solution are always a different energy. And everybody knows this. Everybody has had a situation where you have a problem. It can be as little as a math problem that you're working on on your homework and you can't figure it out. Well, that feels completely different than it does when you find the answer to it. So if you can't find the answer to that thing that you're ruminating in, focus on something that feels better, that feels like an answer. And it doesn't have to be the exact answer. It can be something else. It just has to feel better. Because if you are focusing on those negative what-ifs, you're just going to bring a shitload of more negative what-ifs in your life. And that's, again, that's not how what-ifs work. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: So this is a little bit law of attraction, but I think where law of attraction um, has left a big gap is breaking down what, what we mean when we say focus on something better. Okay. So, so this is what we're going to, we're di- going to dive into today. When I started to hear that, right. From Abraham Hicks, um, from other folks that are, you know, big on law of attraction and even in our conversations you with you, Ola, um, the focus on something better, how that translated in my brain was, I need to feel happy right now.
0: Yeah. But I didn't
1: feel happy. I felt like shit because and I, I'm actually remembering, I think there was a situation where I was I was with a couple people and they had been making some racist comments against Mexicans. And I was like, you guys, I'm fucking Mexican and you're telling me this bullshit in front of me. And then I felt like I needed to respond back, but I got quieter instead. Um, so anyway, it it was very loaded, right? And so for me to focus on something that felt better, felt like I was ignoring. An injustice that needed my attention, that needed a solution, that needed me to hold on to it in order to figure out how to make this work. And then also to get rid of that really shitty feeling inside. What did what how would you explain, Ula, what you mean when you say focus on something that feels better and and how that's not that doesn't mean ignoring right? The mm-hmm. issue or glossing everything over with a big glitter pen.
0: No, <laughs> no. I'm I'm a big pro, 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 proponent of glitter and unicorns, but it doesn't mean that you ignore completely the issue in hand or, or just, you know, gloss over it because then you're just kind of putting a bandaid on the issue and it's going to, grow bigger under that bandaid. So that's not what you want to do. But when I say that you want to find something to make you feel better is shift your focus on something else. Because when you are in that shitty place where you feel horrible and you're just going down the rabbit of negative, what ifs you are not helping yourself and you're not helping anybody else. You are not bringing solutions and you're not lifting anybody else up and it's 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 just not the answer the answer is somewhere where you feel lighter where you feel better where you are actually lifting people around you up rather than bringing them down by focusing on the problem we already know we have the problem how do we find the solution and that's what we want to focus on
1: got you right it makes so much so much sense and on, on a larger scale, like if we were to zoom out, that's, mm-hmm. there's a continuum there, right? Like we won't get there immediately. Well, we will eventually with practice, we can get there faster, but it might not happen right away because we're human. We get impacted by things. Mm-hmm. We have loss, right? We have unexpected crises. We have emergencies. So all of that stuff's going to continue. So, you know, somebody pisses us off. But in the moment to, to recognize that let's focus on something better isn't ignoring the pain. Mm-hmm. It's not saying that what you're feeling is unimportant, and this is really um, this is critical because we have an innate need to feel important and to feel like our experiences mean something. And so, if if you call Ula right, and Ula is like, "Well, let's focus on something that feels better," there might be a part of you that feels unseen, right, or unheard. Mm-hmm. But that's because we're so accustomed to needing to unpack everything and regurgitate everything. Yeah. Now I will tell you that happened probably a year ago, I think, right, Ula? Something something almost like a year ago or maybe a year
0: ago, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now fast
1: forward, I was I was, I was having some situation and well, it was actually this week, you know, I was dealing with something that's been an ongoing like quote unquote issue, but I'm practicing a lot of these things differently, right? Like I'm tired of regurgitating shit. I'm tired of getting on the phone and feeling like I'm being a drag to my friends. And so I picked up the phone with Ula and what I said is I want to memorialize this moment because I'm not going down a slippery slope. Instead, I am focusing on something that makes me feel better. Not because Mm -hmm. I'm ignoring the situation, but I've learned that the more that I take control of shifting my emotional state, going from one end of this emotional spectrum to the other, the quicker I can do that, the quicker I can return to that emotional state that knocked me on my ass and find a way through it that's easier, that's lighter, and it doesn't take fucking work. And that's when things start to align a lot more easily around you as well. And what's so beautiful is within, I think, 24 hours, honey, of me memorializing this conversation with you, like there were three different situations yesterday that all were aligning to let me know that solutions were coming, right? So- this this is the missing gap in the fucking law of attraction. <laughs> it's just because everybody thinks it's woo-woo fluff, and it's not. And we can break right. it down scientifically. Mm-hmm. But for all of you, look at a situation where you've been stuck on the negative what-ifs, right? What if this doesn't work out? What if I'm fucking things up? What if I'm getting screwed over? That's all based on things that you don't want more of. So rather than staying in the place of not of what you don't want, try shifting your attention to something that's bringing you a lot of joy right now, that makes you happy, that, mm-hmm. um, that you would want more of. And one thing that you asked me, Ula, because is practice too. Remember another situation? Um, I felt shitty. I called Ula. And I was stuck, stuck and ula's like tell me about your new home i'm like my home stinks and <laughs> da, da 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 and there's some smell in the kitchen And you're like okay the home's not going to work okay tell me about love bug how's love bug doing i'm like Lovebug bug loves it here but so i was still in my negative feedback loop right and then you said okay let's let that's not going to work either how's your hair <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and Ula had just come to visit me in Mexico, had just given me a fabulous fucking haircut after so many months of not having one and deep conditioned. My, I mean, my hair was fucking glorious. And so I went on this little rampage of everything I love about my hair and how fabulous my hair is. And all of a sudden, you guys, I felt better. And then everything that I was dealing with felt lighter. And that was when I could then reapproach that situation the next day, if I wanted, a week, if I wanted, never again, if I wanted, and have more clarity and have more uh, purpose. in how I started to move through it differently.
0: Yeah, we, we're using you as um, a lot of <laughs> on, on a lot of these examples here, um, but I'm I'm going to use you as an, another example yeah. <laughs> because
1: I have a lot of fucking work to do. <laughs>
0: But, um, I, like Gladys mentioned, I was visiting her in Mexico and you had some, um, it was something about your new apartment and, uh, with the contract or something, and then you were talking about it in the morning, first thing in the morning. And, um, and I'm like, well, no, you can't, No. <laughs> you can't, you can't think about it like that because you were like, what if you know they raise the price, or what if they they don't send the contract, and what if they, somebody else gets it, and what if this, and what if that, and it was like the completely wrong end of what ifs. And then um, I just looked at you. I said, okay, it's cleared, and you believed me. That was the shift right there. You believed me that it's been cleared.
1: Yeah, all my negative what-ifs were being cleared and mm-hmm. the positive what-ifs. What if this actually worked out perfectly? What if the contract comes exactly back the way I wanted? What if I actually don't have to pay the pet deposit because I forgot about it? I hope you guys aren't listening to this podcast right now, yeah. right? <laughs> like, <laughs> And you guys – Whenever you – Ula and I had that conversation, I went to her later that afternoon because I got the contract. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what time do we have this conversation? And when you said everything's clear, you're good to go, all past clear ahead. And I got the contract back literally within that hour of Ula saying that. And I, I just didn't open up my messages to see it. So this is the magic, you guys. This is what's possible because you're also relinquishing your grip on having to control everything you yeah. staying in that place of thinking of all the negative what ifs is you trying to control the world around you. And that is a waste of your energy because what you're really trying to control is the possibility of you not falling flat on your face and dying and <laughs> metaphorically and physically, right? Yeah. But what if you had more faith in the world? What if you had more faith in yourself? What if You actually realize that if you die, then that's what you chose. And that's fabulous because dying, as Ula has showed us, is absolutely fucking wonderful, even better than living. So if that's the worst thing, that you enter into an even more fabulous space, what do you have to be afraid of? Right, And I know this is very loaded, but today this is a very light introduction to a lot of the things that Ula and I are going to be unpacking for you around how to actually change your life in real time, how to drop the fucking struggle and the analyzing and the rehashing shit for several years and group therapy sessions and all of this stuff that isn't making any dent in you getting closer to that life that you really desire. So this is one of the simplest ways to get there, you guys. I'm speaking from experience, um, having gone through this and still practicing it on the regular and it's, it's
0: practice, but the it, practice it's practice and I practice this, I practice what I preach every single day because life is a creation. And I've told this to Gladys too, um, a few times that it's not like a, a college degree, right once you get it you get it and that's it no this is something that you have to continuously practice and do every single day um and that might sound daunting but it's actually really fun because when you start seeing those possibilities and you see your own creation come to life in and manifesting in the physical world it's really really fun and you look forward to to being able to do this over and over and over again because it's fun it's so much fun.
1: I love that so let's let's break down how what people can do, right? Because everybody wants to know, well, how, how do I do this? I just listened to this podcast now, what do I do next? right? I've so step one, identify the shitty situation. Just make note of it. And I think this is really important mm-hmm. to honor that part of you that needs to be seen and heard, okay, because that part's not going away. yeah, okay. So honor it. Write it down if you want, right? That usually frees up a little bit of space in your brain. What's step two, Ula?
0: Your favorite, meditation. (laughs) (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's really fucking hard when something is big on your mind and you can't stop thinking about it.
0: Actually, that's when you really should stop then this is what you also teach. And this is for something funny that I, um, I pointed out to Gladys, because she's so, she's been so resistant on doing meditation. And I've been telling her that it helps. And then I realized that, wait, her reset remedy is teaching meditation. Basically. It's just not called meditation. So
1: (laughs) Fooled you guys, all of you that hate meditation, like I did. (laughs) (laughs) We're sneaking you in
0: through the back door. We're, We're sneaking it in. Now, Again, the meditation doesn't have to be this uh, super difficult moment where you try to force your brain to shut up and, and um, be quiet and you have to move to India and meditate for 15 hours a day. No, that's, that's not it at all. Um, but you can, if you can find two minutes to try to quiet down, that shatter in your head because without finding some sort of quiet pa- um, place in your head, it, you you can't start finding a better, better feeling solution.
1: Okay. That feels a lot better, honey. Even, yeah. even, even though I've been meditating every single day since October. <laughs> um, but, and you guys, this is where the reset remedy actually was a really powerful tool for me for several years because my mind chatter was so fucking strong, and I actually did not want to let it go because I had no alternative for what to yeah. do, and I was a doer. I needed to do something to fix things. That was my whole life. The Reset Remedy, four phrases that you're repeating over to yourself again and again and again until you can feel your nervous system uncoil. I am safe. I am secure. I am protected. I am loved. That's it. Over and over and over again. Now, this is a psychology technique called thought stopping. And that's exactly what it does. It thought it stops your thoughts.
0: And that's exactly what meditation is. Ooh. <laughs> Who knew I was a meditation teacher? So you
1: guys get the reset remedy. We're going to leave it in the show notes. Um, and what would step three be? Okay. So two minutes quieting your mind, right? You've identified what the problem is. You take two minutes to quiet your mind chatter. Okay. in Whatever way you need. What's step three?
0: Asking and trusting that the answer will come say, well, not necessarily asking, but saying that, please give me something more positive or happy to think about. If happy is too strong of a word, use positive. Uh, if positive is too strong, use the word better Please, whether it's God, universe, angels, whatever your higher power is, say, please, God, give me something better to think about. And I promise that something will come.
1: I love that. And this is where the faith comes in, you guys. You know, Mm -hmm. this is our relationship with death is so negative, Okay. We've, we've really – again, I said this, I think, in the first or second episode. If you think of death as a friend, we have sorely neglected this friend in our life. And it's ironic because it's the one friend that we probably need to befriend the most because it's, it's right there with us every mm-hmm. single fucking day. But we treat it like shit. And if we change that relationship, our faith in life increases Because we can release so much of that fear and agony over shit that's going to lead us to death anyway. So you might as well enjoy the journey. And this moment of asking, right, asking for this or better, right, becomes a very powerful sacred prayer um, that then can lead us to step four.
0: (laughs) Which is, do you have a step four? (laughs)
1: I do. It's focus on something else. Literally drop it. Okay. If you stay focused on the thing that's causing your nervous system to coil up, your brain's going to be in hyper alert mode. You will find solutions that suck ass. That's the bottom line because they're coming from a place where you're fully agitated. Mm -hmm. So drop it move on to something different. And then remember like with Ula and I, if, if you try to, you know, sometimes people say, look at the beauty around you. Well, sometimes beauty around me, I don't want to look at it because I'm pissed off. Right. Or I feel like shit. So if that doesn't work for you, then do something else that, or shift your attention to something else that is easy for you to find some, some, uh better feeling state in. Okay. Mm -hmm. For me, love bug does it. I always think of um, the memory of love bug when she was running in a field, when she was a puppy and she was chasing a bird so fast And there was a little dip, like a little hole in the ground. And she went in it. And then I saw her pop up and do a full 360 in the air (laughs) and then (laughs) land on her feet and keep running after the bird. (laughs) I mean, my dog did a fucking somersault in the air. It always makes me laugh, right? And that's it. That's it, Mm -hmm. you guys. That's That's how simple it has to be. It has nothing to do with the issue that's causing Mm -hmm. you angst. But it gives your nervous system a chance to breathe. And when your nervous system can breathe, your brain can chill out. And now you've oriented your full attention towards something that feels better. And then you move about your day, staying as much as possible in that feel-better state, trusting and knowing that that answer will come.
0: Yes, absolutely. And it's, I think, um, because people are so solution oriented and we're so used to having a solution before we can let go of this bad thought. Um, the solution doesn't always have to be a physical solution, like right then and there. The solution can be something like you mentioned um, on blood for you. And, If you have pets, pets are a wonderful way to get there. If you have kids and you actually like your kids, they are a great way to get there. (laughs) If you don't like your kids, don't go there. (laughs) That's not going to help. So or it can be a song. Like if there's a song that you really love, just blast it really loud and it will definitely lift your energy up and you will feel better. And once that solution comes, it's going to be a, million times better than the forced action solution that you tried to to do when you were in that shitty place absolutely
1: because your energetic state is higher mm-hmm. better solutions come the better you feel yeah. um, and this is when you with practice you start to realize oh my god i don't have to work so fucking hard
0: yeah and it feels so good when you don't have to work so hard I mean, yeah you know, there can be all kinds of um, horrible situations that are thrown at your way. And you just deal with them a lot easier and a lot faster. It doesn't, when, once you start um, getting to that higher um, energy place, it doesn't mean that there's no negative things in your life anymore. That's not going to change. There's always going to be city situations, always. Um, because that's life. And we need those as a contrast to tell us what we like and what we don't like. But yeah, it's a, it's the things are easier to handle when you are in the higher energy place.
1: Mm-hmm. And then that's when doors of possibility open up that you mm-hmm. might not have thought of because you've relinquished your need to be in control. And now you actually are open to co-creating and that co-creation is pretty fucking magical. But if you are blocked if you are holding on to the angst, right, for whatever reason, right, it's 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 important again, honor it, but realize that you are not dependent on it and that you actually can choose when you're ready to let go of it. And for some, <clears throat> you know, I'm also thinking, Ula, just I mean, the whole, the whole premise of our podcast is death. You know, I'm thinking about the death of a loved one right? When somebody dies, there's a shitload of what ifs that we go through, Mm -hmm. right? What if I die next? What if I, what if I live the rest of my life, never finding love again? What if I, um, fucked up and didn't tell them how much they meant to me while they were still here. What if I, I know with my mom, I had a big what if, which was, um, what if I pulled the plug too soon? By the time I got to the hospital, my mom was brain dead, but they still had her on life support. So she was technically breathing with the assistance of the the machine. Um, and I know when my dad asked me, you know, Mija, do you want to keep her on life support and we'll come visit her tomorrow? It was an immediate, no, we're done. And so they pulled the plug and I remember Later on thinking, did I not have faith in a miracle? What if, what if I kept her alive the next day and she recovered? She was brain dead. She wasn't going to. If she recovered, she was going to be completely debilitated. And that would have been worse because my mom hated getting old, let alone like being mm-hmm. completely debilitated. But these what-ifs are real. And we just want you to see that there's another what-if waiting for you on the other side. And so honor the state that you're in. But remember... You always have a choice to shift your energetic state to one that's on the other side of the spectrum that actually allows you to explore all the what ifs of possibility and ease and answers that give you more expansion.
0: Yeah. And next time, we're actually going to talk more about the resistance and why we hold on to that resistance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's important to be able to unpack this, you guys. So I can't wait until our next episode. And in the meantime, practice the reset remedy. You'll find it in the show notes, practice these four steps that Ula and I talked about. You'll have to listen to the recording to find out what they are because I forgot them already. (laughs) Um, and just remember guys, all these stories that we've been fed about death, about life, about how we, how we experience the most magic. They are outdated. They're worn out. They've kept us in a state of fear. So let's do a, a good timeout on our freak out of death so we can live our best life together.